This is Winewood, the Trap Therapist, and you are now listening to the realest podcast you ever heard, the Trap Therapist Podcast, recorded on Anchor, available on iTunes and Spotify. Peace. What's going on, family? It's your boy, Wildwood, the Trap Therapist, coming back for another rendition of the Trap Therapist podcast. Um, this is episode, it's, I think, I think nine. So, again, man, this, is, this has been probably the most consistent um, project that I've, like, kind of encountered or undertook in a long time. Um, I'm super excited just to be able to connect with y'all, to be able to to share me in this state right now. Um, I said before I started recording that just like any of my counseling sessions, I'm going to start like doing check-ins with y'all. Um, my tone is not my usual, um, <laughs> I would say, energetic self because like I ain't going to flex. Like today has been... A motherfucking day, um, and in all honesty, you know, I, I think my transparency about the nature of my situation right now is I've gotten a lot of feedback, you know, on people applauding me for it, you know. But I always try to at least get myself in good spirits before I come on and I share and, and talk to y'all. But I ain't gonna flex like it took it's taking everything in me right now to record even though like this top thing i'm talking about today like i've been excited about talking about it for like the past couple of days but today just been shit man like um i feel like i'm coming down with something um and like i've been working out so like my body is sore as shit on top of me feeling like i'm getting sick and i got like this fucking sore on my back it's like a boil and if y'all know what a boil is, like that shit hurt. <laughs> like that motherfucker hurt so bad. So like I just been trying to like deal with that. And then just to be like completely transparent, man. <clears throat> just doing a lot of um a lot of practical work as well as like prayer and meditation on what my next steps are gonna be. Um as far as like where my energy is going to be put into as far as the coins are concerned, you know. Um, there are a lot of different avenues, primarily for like the past few years, my most consistent paycheck has come like with me being a consultant and working on various projects in different spaces. But they haven't come as consistent as I would like. So... Um, I've had to do a lot of restructuring with my company, um, restructuring with my personal direction. I found myself kind of moving away from counseling and being more of like a startup founder. And that is kind of that is it. It added so many different dimensions to who I am and what I'm doing that now I think, you know, the universe is like, look, bro. We're going to keep you on this path, on your path. You found your lane. I'm going to need you to stay in that motherfucker. So, you know, in that, I've been trying to do a lot of, you know, reorganizing with my stuff on my back end. It should just get frustrating, to be completely honest, because, you know, having to do that, then go back and, you know, 
edit it and get somebody else to look at it and redo your resume and shoot out emails and reintroduce yourself to people who you worked with years ago, you know, communities that you work with, you know, it's shit tough. And then on top of that, you know, I'm in the process of reinstating my counseling license. So that's been another thing, like, should I, you know, actively be looking for clients and pushing that out there? So I don't know, man. I'll just ask y'all to pray for me. Um, you know, send some good energy my way, you know, <laughs> light a candle for your boy. Um, I do know, I think that's the amazing thing about this. I am very confident that this season will produce um, the best version of me. It's just being real about, you know, those days where you really have to push and, and fight through. And that's all right. You know what I mean? That shit happen. So, um, yeah, man, I just want to thank all of y'all, man, for, for all the love. I think the last show got up to, like, 87 listeners, and that shit just dope as fuck for me. So I'm going to ask y'all, whoever's listening, like, share, share, share. Send it to your friends, man, your family, like, whoever. Just know that's all, like, a little personal session, man, on the couch. Um, and I really appreciate it, man, because it's, it's been... It's just been something that I know, again, I know I'm helping people and it's helping me um, be able to, you know, use this as my own personal session. Like, I'm talking to y'all, but shit, this is, this is for me, <laughs> baby boy. <laughs> this is for food. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. Um, so, that's my check-in. Um, I said I was going to give y'all a couple minutes of that, but um, I'm going to kind of get right into... Um, the topic for today's episode, which I think is a pretty um, fitting follow-up to the last episode where I talked a lot about my experience in Huntsville and its impact on um, my identity and my definition of manhood. And um, I think that has been a central theme in the world and the and the culture, um, hip hop culture for sure, with our you know favorite one of our favorite hip hop royalty couples, Offset and Cardi B, going through um, their divorce very publicly. Um, it again has raised up the it has you know. Risen from the dead, the conversation. I don't know, it's never been dead because we we always talk about male female dynamics. Um, but this idea of um, manhood and toxic masculinity and what that looks like in 2018. Um, on the last episode, I talked about how. Um, you know, my experiences in a city kind of shaped, um, what well, kind of in- influenced or impacted me in a multitude of ways on, you know, what I, I viewed my manhood as. Um, I will say that the, me going down this process, me going down the path of self-realization and actualization for me, was really never a thing that was rooted in money. I believe that being your best self for me, someone who I know, like I'm 
operating at my best. I'm intelligent. I'm, you know, creative. I'm resourceful. Like, I'm that shit when I'm on it. Um, you can't fuck with me. Um, so I know that me being my best, a byproduct of that, I've always felt that I was going to be a millionaire. I've always felt that I was going to be wealthy. But I never associated my manhood to money up until, like, really when my daughter came, for real, for real, because I was still, like, you know, chasing my dream, chasing my dream, you know, struggling. Like, I think that's the thing when you come from nothing, like, the struggle, like, you, you, you I, I fell in love with the process because the process was my life, and I love my life. Like, I've always been a happy person, so I never was like, oh, shit, I ain't shit because I ain't got no bread because I was like, shit, I'm still a man. I'm still me. Like, it didn't take away from the essence of who I was. So, um, you know, that being the case, um, getting to a place to where you start to question who you are, question yourself based on your lack of, like, material wealth, um, monetary wealth, um, what you're being compensated for, what you add to a situation. Um, that started to impact me. And um, a major thing and a major um, realization for me as I've gone down my own personal process and having to, again, operate and move in a world where, again, when I walk in certain spaces, my presence and my image um is that of someone who isn't lacking in the material financial department, as it always has been, but realizing that I've had to create value for myself um, through things that aren't based on my net worth, um, that has caused me to be able to look at the ways in which we as men, specifically um, cisgender, heterosexual, men, specifically black men in this context, um, how we define ourselves and our worth and our value in this life based on those things and how we in turn use those things to um, supplant um, patriarchy and this patriarchal culture that we've all been born into um, as opposed to destruct it and dismantle it. Um, if you're a man listening to this, it's probably like, again, I'm, I'm hoping that you came on here because you want to hear some real shit because it's not really one of my most, you know, popular conversations that I have. And, you know, being trans, like very transparent, like most of my close friends, a lot of my friends, especially when, especially in Huntsville, um, you know, I, I always got the all food sensitive, you know, this, that, and the third. Because when we have conversations about certain dynamics and relationships, I would always be the one to point out, like, the fuck shit. And when I say the fuck shit, I mean the idea or this idea that <laughs> men have this get-out-of-jail-free card to impose their um, greed and selfish, like, our appetite and desires on women that are already taking care of a household, raising families, um, fucking you, being your safe space. I'm doing these things, but in turn, we can, because we make money, we can in turn lie, manipulate, cheat, 
um, be emotionally unavailable, and uh, and and uh, you know, and a number of of other things. And I think for me, my experience, like growing up, my father being who he was, like my whole goal was to be like the exact opposite of my dad. And I think in all, I took all of that because I mean, my dad at one point had a lot of, had bread. So I think subconsciously, I associated you know men with money with being like horrible men, and that's something I didn't want to be. But I do need a bag though, right? <laughs> so that being the case, um, it just real quick like it, it enabled me to like see my female like my 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 female counterparts as equals. Um, however, I will say, and this is always, you know, again, you know, you can feel one thing, say one thing, but also in turn, like acknowledge the, the, it's opposite. This did not mean that my conditioning or that the environment I didn't grow up in did not produce some very toxic behavior in me as a person, as a man, cause I came from the school of ain't shit. Like, you know, growing up on the South side, again, you live up and you live in an environment where most of my friends, you know, they was in the street. Um, if they weren't in the street, they were athletes um, or just, you know, popular, so to speak. And the idea of monogamy was not a real thing to me, probably until college. And I know that's like horrible to say, horrible to think about because and, and I and I get into it a little bit because the reality for me that. While, you know, I grew up understanding um, what I grew up understanding how you were supposed to treat a woman. I was taught how to treat how to treat women. And I did that very well. So I studied and I and I learned how to be a, a great lover, how to be a great friend. Again, I wasn't always the most popular. So I was friend zone quick, but I learned how to friend zone my way up and yeah, up in, into that spot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wasn't just going to stay in the friend zone. And if I was, I was going to be cool with it. One thing I think a lot of men don't realize, like the friend zone is actually where you want to be. You know, lifelong, like you need to, she needs to be my friend first before like we can do anything, right? But, you know, that goes into partnership and how I feel about marriage and all that other shit that we're going to talk about in another episode. Um, but I, I, I understood the friend zone. So I would, I, I like, I love the friend zone. Like I, I would enjoy the friend zone. And in the friend zone, it allowed for me to see sides of, of, of the women in my life that a lot of my my homeboy my partners they couldn't see you know i had friends who were just as 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 mannish as we were i had homegirls who would dog niggas and be like bro that bro his dick small like bro he ain't coming with shit and they, you know he's sorry as hell like he he this he that um they'll be just like us or the ones who you know um were were just super transparent about like you know why they had commitment issues or, or or their inability to you know um to feel comfortable in their skin as as women you know where i would be telling them the same thing about me and you know that's one of the things i'm thankful for like i was able to like you know grow up realizing like okay these women are not just my equals but a lot of times like shit they they they, they crushing us especially in terms of you know when you look at now like the women I grew up around, you know, I was around, I've been around some amazing women who, again, they grew up with aunties and, and big sisters and, and mentors, and they had positive examples of how to sustain themselves in this world. When I look around at my partners, 
except for the ones that had like actual fathers in their lives like the one thing the, the things that we could do like we knew how to fuck well we knew how to like hustle and that that's even backwards but we, a lot of us weren't taught like how to actually be men and how to actually sustain and then you you keep perpetuating that and now you got a whole bunch of 30 some year olds like 20 some year olds who again are moving around this world, raising kids, but in many areas of their lives, still kids themselves, right? So, you know, fast forward, you know, you 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 build this dynamic with me where it's like, okay, shit, I see, you know, I see what it means to 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 like perpetuate the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like we we. I think that's one of my my chapters in my book came without a crown, but like the reality that if you talk to, if you go to the most locker rooms, if you go to the most barbershops and you have relationship conversations with men, I promise you like they all literally be sounding the same, and they're a lot of a lot of times they're not rested in like they're not they're not the foundation of those conversations aren't in okay. This is what happened on both sides. This is what I did to fuck up, or this is what the situation was to where Shada won't let me see the kids. Well, she won't let you see your child. Is probably you probably had something to do with it. Not saying she's completely wrong. I mean, not saying she's she's you know yeah. Not saying that you know she's she ain't fucked up. But bro, I'm pretty sure you had a reason for it, right? As opposed to admitting like our faults and the ways in which we play into these broken situations, these un, you know un- uncompromising situations. Majority of our narratives, our dialogue rests in why or how women got you fucked up. So most of my process, um, when I started this back in 2013, I'll be very honest. Like I started off like most, you know, faux woke motherfuckers. And I, you know, got into the, you know, hidden colors and I started to, you know, understand African history. And I got into this, you know, um, this super self-righteous ideology of what it means to be a man in the black community, in a black society and how the man is doing, you know, X, Y, Z against us and how, you know, there's an agenda to fuck up the black man. And while there very well is in, in different ways, um. I was given, uh, and I would say it was, a, it was a miseducation. I was given a real education of sorts. Um, I, during that time, I was on Twitter heavy, and there were individuals like Feminista Jones. Um, I want to believe um, it's at, at, at the Truths, T R U D Z. Um, um, ah, that's my boo on uh, IG. Um, but just these amazing black women. <laughs> Um, womanist, feminist, who quickly, very succinctly, very <laughs> concisely educated me on what actual liberation and what actual equality and equity in our relationship dynamics in the black community actually looks like. And this idea that we have continued to literally stand on the backs of black women and called it leadership for hundreds, thousands, well, hundreds, definitely hundreds of years is something that has to be addressed and something that has to be very (laughs) 
um, again, very concisely, very, very, we got to deal with it head on. We can't skirt around the shit. Um, I even like, you know, for me wanting, thinking I was woke at that time, like even saying certain things out of pocket. I remember I added, um, this one, one, um, woman on Twitter and I still follow her to this day, but she read my ass, boy, to my, she read me and I was like, oh shit, this shit is real. Right. And um, it was one of those, like, very humbling moments. So I'm like, damn, like, I really got to check myself, <laughs> right? And as men, like, it's so hard for us to, to have those moments where we're really like, okay, we're wrong. Like, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to check our egos. So going back to, like I was saying, you know, in conversations where we're discussing relationship dynamics, um, the fact that my friends are, again, cisgender, heterosexual black men, Um the fact that the, the reality for me that I can't dive into certain conversations the way that I would like to, it bothers me. Um, I mean, appropriately, I would say this, this the title of this episode is, going, is called Straight and Narrow. And I'm, again, in all of the episodes where I, I like to challenge us, I'm, I want to challenge us. And I say us, I mean straight black men. Um, whether you're on the spectrum or not, you know what I mean, whatever, um, to really ask ourselves, are we, and, I, and so many of us, you know, especially in this new age of spirituality, like refer to ourselves as gods, right, as gods, how God-like are you when your ideology, um, when your vision, when your view of the world, of the woman is so narrow, um, this narrative that we've been told about what our families need to look like, what, um, you know, the days of old look like, you have to realize like marriage in itself is, um, more of a business arrangement and more of a survival tactic and method than it is about actual love individuals in this world like a man and a woman coming together to form a family unit and to be able to take care of that family unit and build makes them a lot more um, able to maneuver and operate in this world back especially like hundreds of years ago like that that essentially you know what I mean I think on a more on a practical level is why like men and women get married because in real life as we see with the numbers we don't really have an understanding or we don't really have a mastery of how marriage is supposed to work um we have not mastered what it means to um at least not in this sense we have not mastered what it means to live and operate in monogamous committed exclusive relationships but that has been the Disney-fied, romanticized version that has been sold to all of us, um, especially, especially young girls. Um, and and it as a father, especially like, it's one of those things for me where, again, when I knew I was having a daughter, I knew I was having a daughter a long time ago first. But the reality that I, my goal or my my job is to educate her and to prepare her for a world 
where she will more than likely encounter men who, and I hate to say this, but who are in, who are, who may want to love her, who may be willing to love her, but who are incapable of understanding what that looks like in an honest, transparent, um, non-manipulative way. And I say that because at the end of the day, again, going back to my, my truth, that's just what it is for me. So when we look at and when we see, like, you know, the Cardi B and Offset situation. Um, so first off, <laughs> like, the culture is, and especially, you know, Again, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a child of hip hop culture, you know what I'm saying? I'm from the South. I mean I I was raised on tip, cash, you know what I'm saying, even understanding like the Migos, but even and then just being around the culture, like being, you know, having individuals who are friends and associates like in the entertainment industry, in the sports industry, like realizing that relationships and especially marriage like well, what y'all see on the ground ain't what's going on in real life and that's just real shit um the reality that most individuals like again you just because you want a family doesn't mean you want an exclusive relationship just because you want to be with your kids and want to be a good father doesn't mean that you want to be a good husband like and those two are not mutual like they're not mutually you know what I'm saying? Exclusive. Like, that just because you have kids don't mean you're going to be a good daddy. Trust me. Uh, I mean, be a good husband. Or be a good daddy at that shit. But looking at that situation, you know, um, again, the fact that Offset, not once, not twice, but multiple times has been, you know, recorded that bruh been out you, you know what I'm saying, doing this thing, doing whatever, and they've been going through whatever issues they've been going through. But not only for it to become public, which for one, with Cardi B, especially being like who she is, is is ultimate slap in the face and the ultimate like sign of like disrespect. Like I don't give a fuck about who you are because for one, and and it's sad as it is, but I'm gonna just be one thousand again. This is the trap therapist podcast, right? Women have a lot of most women not even tripping about what you do because at a certain point if they seen it once they realize you do it again. But the fact that you lack discretion even in what you're doing for it to now be public knowledge and public information, like that's like I right, my nigga now you trying me, and I don't know Cardi B personally, but like I would like to think like she a, she a hood like she yeah you know what I'm saying she gangster. So at the end of the day it's like I right, I love you but now nah, like you really trying me so I'm gonna have to show you like nah fuck that you know what I'm saying. Um, and that's a part, that's the part where, again, this, this toxic masculinity piece comes into play because as public as all of these things were and Cardi going public and saying, okay, well, we're not together. And then on the back end, like offset, you know, giving this public apology and you know, saying he wants his family back. And then the climax of it all, like shouted in her like biggest moment one of her biggest moments in her career doing her thing and then you pop out with the shot i want you back like right now okay i'm gonna just say 
everything about that shit was wrong. <laughs> and not wrong from an intention standpoint, because I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, my nigga, you done fucked up. So yeah, at the very least, I know you want your, you want a bet. You want your family together. Like, I'm 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 hoping that that was a sincere, at least sincere from you wanting your wife back, right? But the fact that he felt like it was okay not only to come on stage, but to interrupt the performance and then to make it about him showed a complete disregard for the fact that while she's performing and doing her thing still, this woman is hurting. Like, she's actually hurting because the one thing, like, women in, in this real, realizing, like, women love, man. Women actually love hard. Like, all this money shit is cool, but at the end of the day, Cardi wants to be a wife. She wants to be a mother. She wants to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that shit that on the bucket list when mother go and see God is like, look, that's the shit that matters, right? For, for most women that I know. The fact that now she got to go and do all this shit in front of the world and perform and be this superstar while her heart is hurting and her heart is bleeding. And now you come on here and again, you still making her look goofy. Like you still out here making her look crazy. It's like, bro, we could have talked about this shit after the show. Like my nigga, you could have sat in the back and just been like, you know what I'm saying? Or just put the flowers on the side of the stage. Like not even like you could have just waited. Right. And not to say again, bro, intentions weren't right. Cause I'm one of those people, like, I don't like talking about people, like, situations that I don't, when I don't know people personally, because I, I would like to say one day, I would want to work with the Cardi B's of the world, work with the offsets of the world, but the reality is, like, my nigga, you know good and goddamn well, the shot would have fucked up the way you did, and she would have came in, in one of y'all sets, one of Migos sets, on some baby, I want you back type shit, man, you would have embarrassed that motherfucker, embarrassed her, straight dogged her, like, ho, you got me fucked up. And I don't get why where we as men feel like it's okay to just be out here doing certain shit and not thinking that women bringing all that they're bringing to the actual table to be with you while you still fucking little dog hoes will not feel the way that they feel and dip on your ass and go get some more dick. Our egos and our pride to feel like we are literally the best things alive, like the best dick walking. It's like when I realize, like, my nigga, I think that's the, that's the thing for me. Like, you got to be humbled a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers that, that was told they was they was handsome their whole life. For niggas that came from money that felt like, okay, if I do this, then I, I get this. Like, my nigga, I done had to glow up. Like, the, the glow up was organic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I done had to build up my confidence. So I wasn't always a motherfucker who felt like he could, could do or say certain things. And still to this day, like, I still stay in my lane. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, this idea that because you are a person or because you do a thing, my nigga, is always somebody out there that can do it better than you, that can fuck it better than you, that can buy it more than you, that can goddamn love harder than you, that can provide an actual safe space to where somebody will give them everything. So when you do fuck up, it's a fuck up versus what has now become just, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's pretty much... Showing me who you are. It's pretty much your character, right? So, again, you know, going back to the fact that I was, I was, there's, there's a individual I follow on Instagram. I want to say bad Dominican, um, been a Dominican, like she's tough, uh, woman and speaker, you know, discusses anti black, um, anti blackness in the Latino community. And I think she posted something that was just like, man, um, she don't fuck with like she doesn't she doesn't fuck with straight dudes for real because at the end of the day like you don't like we don't have the depth 
and it fucked with me. And I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Because I swear to God, it's not the first time I heard it. And I feel like I got a cheat code because, again, you know, I went to school for counseling psychology. Um, one of my projects I had to do, and again, this kind of goes back into this idea of, of depth, right? When you talk about sexuality, when you talk about, you know, um, our understanding of like how to, to just grant certain common respect, right, for people, regardless of who they are, who they fucking, what they doing. I had to do a project um, in one of my classes on like it was counseling diverse populations. Um, one, of, one of my mentors, the best professor I ever had, Dr. Holloway, Dr. Linda Holloway. You ever hear this? I know I'm crossing too much, but, you know, I love you anyway. Um, and there was it was called a map, multicultural action plan. So you had to do three. You had to basically go into a different um, community, whether it be a racial community, um, ethnic group or religious, religious sect, um, a subclass. So basically, you know, sexuality, whether it be like a biker group or, you know, just people living a different type of lifestyle, somebody different from you. And you had to do right three different papers and they had to be experiences. But in each experience, you had to kind of go deeper and further, like deeper with each one. So one, you might read a book. The other one, you might watch a movie. The next one, you might go to dinner. Right. So. She said to really, you know, challenge yourself, really, you know, push yourself. I want you to, you know, again, look at the areas and your own personal barriers to counseling. Now, at the time, you know, I'm I'm me. I'm, I'm again, ex-football player, you know, frat, frat boy. You know what I'm saying? I'm cute out. So, like, you know, a lot of shit for me. Like, yeah, I can touch on different things. Don't really mess up with me. Um, The one area that really for me was a hard place for me to go and although i had never outwardly you know bullied or outwardly i would say um, harassed anybody for their sexuality the one individual that i had a hard time connecting with or understanding or being able to counsel was black gay men right um and I said, you know what, again, me at the time, I'm writing my books. I'm like, you know what, at the, at the end of the day, I, this is this is something I need to get over. <laughs> because the reality for me is that in my heart of hearts, like, I actually love all people. And I never really f- saw, you know, an issue with what people do is what they do. But I also, too, acknowledge the fact that I'm the same motherfucker to be like, man, gone with that gay shit. You know what I'm saying? That faggot ass shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, you gay as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like... Like, all these different things, like, but that nigga gay hell, like, or just certain things associated with what it means to be homosexual. So, I went and I did, I said, you know what, I'm going to do the LGBT community. So, a friend of mine who happened to be in a class, she happened to be, you know, she happened to be lesbian. She's like, you know what, Phil, I'm proud of you, I'm going to help you with this. So, you know, she ended up giving me some documentaries. So, I'm watching these documentaries about how these individuals, man, I mean, up in New York, like, the subclasses of individuals who are having to, you know, build their own literal family units because they've been outed by their, their, you know, their, their families. They've been, you know, um, thrown away. They've been um, disowned, having to, you know, struggle for, for life, for surviving like early eighties. Watch documentaries about, you know, the community in Africa. People don't even understand what it means to be anything different in Africa. Like it's, it's, it's punishable by death. So, you know, that a lot of those things opened my eyes. Then I said, okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I watched, I watched, the, watched the video. I'm like, damn, like that's real. So again, I'm in this process of humanizing, humanizing. You know, what I mean, these these individuals, humanizing like my brothers, right? So because I never had a problem with you know gay women. Again, like I never had a problem. Like most of my my like, I had homegirls who were you know stud lesbians. 
Um, and even then, like for me, I'm like, shit, you you still a woman, like I still fuck, right? <laughs> and, and even dealing with women who are bisexual, like that just seems to be what the universe brings to me, right? Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I believe sexuality is a lot more fluid, which will be another conversation. Um, so the second, you know, second um, experience, I ended up interviewing an individual who happened to be transsexual. So just understanding what that even meant, right? The idea of, of trans being, you know, being transsexual or being, you know, transgender, um, being pansexual, just the different terms. And I'm still, you know, schooling myself on it, but just the idea that, you know, you can be different things, right? That was something for me that's like, okay, to my core, especially being raised in a Christian faith, it's like to my core, it's like, hell no, I'm not with that shit, right? But I want to be the best counselor I can be, the best healer I can be. So I'm, I'm pushing my boundaries. So the third and final thing, my homegirl was like, man, look, fool, like, I know you, you ain't gonna like this. No, you ain't gonna do this shit. But I need, I want you to go with me to a gay club. Off the muscle. I'm like, boy, hell no. Nah, fuck that shit. I'm not doing it. Like, <laughs> especially if it's a husband. Because I'm me. I got a reputation to a hoe. I can't be in this motherfucker, right? She's like, fool, trust me. Like, it's not going to be bad. Like, people know you're not gay. People know. Like, and again, and then again, like, okay, the idea that I'm just over here, like, afraid, right? I know who I am. I'm, I'm secure in my sexuality. So why am I tripping if I go up in this place? Again, a marker of insecurity. Most of us are not secure in who we are. So when I realize that, I'm like, you know what, bro? Like, what are you tripping about? Like, why why can't you go in there? Like, you going with your friend who invited you to an event. It has nothing to do with who you are and your sexuality. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go, right? <laughs> so I, like, leaning up to it. I'm like, I'm cool. I'm cool. Like, the night get there. I'm like, oh, shit. I really am doing this shit, right? So I go. And make a long story short, um, I go. And even though I just say, like, I get to the door. And the bounce, I guess, the dude might recognize me. He's like, bro. He looked at me up and down. He said, bro, you know this alternative night, right? I'm like, yeah. Like, So my homegirl with me, like, she bad. She a femme. So she in there, you know, looking good. She tells him what we're doing. He's like, oh, man, bro, don't even worry about it. Like, they ain't even going to check you. Like, trust me, they going to know. Like, you, you they going to know. Like, they just going to know you straight. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I get in there, and hands down, it was probably the most uncomfortable I had ever been in a club. Most uncomfortable I had ever been in a club. Because, again, I'm I'm witnessing black men again who look like me they dress like me some aren't you know some some are dressed in women's clothing some are dressed you know, most are dressed you know just casually but i've never i had never experienced or felt that type of energy amongst black men dancing a certain type of way jay sitting being in their vibe doing the things that they want to do just very free very open right so it made me super uncomfortable but i realized then i'm like okay this same reality this same experience that I'm having as a straight black man in this setting. Again, you think about when we talk about racism, right? Or or even classism, why white people felt so uncomfortable when black people move and do this way and live, right? The way we do, just living, right? <laughs> just breathing. Why now am I so uncomfortable in this space where people are being themselves, doing what they do? Why do I feel like it's a direct attack on me and how I'm living, right? So again, I mean, I'm just it's just breaking shit down for me, breaking shit down. So end up being a little, you know, a little more comfortable with my homegirl. She done found a little some little shot as you doing her thing. And yeah, true indeed, the whole night passed. Like nobody hit on me, nobody did anything. But even then, what ended up happening was that we started, I ended up having a conversation with some individuals, um, some women, 
and um even and and, and and some young men and some men um and they told me some of their experiences about you know what it means to live that lifestyle and how their families treated them and then just how you know their relationship with God and spirituality and um just what it means you know what I mean to be a person living in Alabama doing what they do and I'm not gonna lie like that experience changed my life and I remember tweeting about the experience and I got so much flat for that shit like but that nigga fucking hell bro what the fuck but I realized then that for me, being who I am, to step out there and put myself in that environment, again, is setting an example and showing that there is nothing that can hurt you if you're secure. So regardless, like if you're if you're like even from a protection standpoint, like you're not going to walk up on the White House and do no fuck shit. You're not going to walk up on an armored, you know what I'm saying, like an armored motherfucking lockdown security facility with no with no pistol or with no no fuck shit because if you're secure it's actually secure so whatever you got whatever you hold in whether it's your sexuality whether it's your spirituality whether it's your identity whoever you are as a person if it's secure then there's nothing external if you're secure internally there's nothing external that can actually attack that unless it's actually attacking you <laughs> like but that's you know what i mean so that experience really like started to open me up and like really kind of make me look at things differently and even realizing like how we how we view sexuality. Most of us, the most sexual education we got was back in elementary school when they just showed you, you know, what I'm saying what a where your where your scrotum was and like, you know, what I'm saying what a penis was and, you know, uh, uh, and, and, you know, the little bullshit video. Like most of us don't even understand our bodies. Most of us don't even understand, you know, that what what sex is, anatomy, what what it means, you know, what certain fetishes, kinks, or different things that people are actually into. But we take so much of it based on our culture, and anything that isn't this standard, we automatically like damn it to hell. And I just truly believe, like in the future, like and in, in this age coming up, I think we, especially as as people of color, especially as black people really have to look at how we're unifying along the lines of our common uh, our com our, our common um attributes versus the things that separate us because again if I'm walking down the street and my brother's walking down the street and he's transgender and I'm cisgender a racist cop is not gonna be like oh I'm fucking with him no, a racist cop is not going. If, if we both dress the same, motherfuckers is not going to pick us out any differently. Like we still niggas, we still black. <laughs> to him, we still black men. So this idea that in the, in our community, especially in the hip hop community, and I know I kind of went left, but just had to really touch on that shit. Like the fact that we, um, and I, I say we as black men, as straight black men, like we continue like to draw these lines. And we continue to push the idea of liberation to the side when it comes to things that we feel, not things that not reality. Motherfuckers been gay for a long time. Like if you actually read, that's the thing about like hotels, individuals on the internet. Most people, y'all looking at Google. Most of, a lot, a lot of your faves <laughs> either were on the spectrum or like were heterosexual. You know what I'm saying? Or bisexual. A lot of them. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that we as, as individuals, because, again, we're not educated, we're not taught, we not we don't read, we don't dig further. That's something. And then, and then on top of the civil rights movement, a lot of it, people don't understand, was funded by the LGBT community. 
So this idea of allyship and how now in today's like in our society, we take that and we flip it because, again, you, you see where the power lies. Again, it's a capitalist community. So the, the power going to go where the money go. Right. Where the money is collective and the voice is one as, as black people. Our voice ain't been one in a long time. Right. I'm, and I know I'm going left with this conversation. Um, but again, how can we as straight black men actually expand our horizons and actually become the individuals that our communities, our partners and specifically our women actually need? You ever wonder why, like, her best friend is gay? You ever wonder why, like, they want to spend all the time with them? And, like, they'll fuck you, but they want to go kick it with them? Like, you ever wonder why, like, that was the case? Like, I'll tell you why. (laughs) Because there are things that they can discuss. There are things that they can talk about. There are places that they can go with them that they can't with you. There's very this it's a very real thing. So this idea of, you know, soulmates and, and this, that, and the third, like, and even with women, like there's a lot of toxic conditioning with women too. I know m- women who again, like, who ascribe to, to patriarchy, you know, by the by the dozens. Because again, there are things that we've been taught that add that that create our identities and, and create who we see as valuable in this society. If you're this type of woman, or if you're that type of woman. As opposed to just being a woman, just being yourself. So, again, you know, when it goes to, you know, who we are, when it comes to like, you know, to to. To this topic of, of, you know. Straight black men and how we identify with our manhood, I I just want to challenge us in this moment to really look at like. How straight and how narrow are you um the reality that in this life things are a lot more fluid than we give them credit for and the fact that most of us especially the ones that are on the internet haven't seen much but our hoods or our our state hell if our if our region or our country let alone the world to be giving very black and white concrete answers or concrete definitions to what life is like, I've always said this, like, if I haven't done it, experienced it, or seen it, how can I say that that's the only thing or the only way? How can I say that that is the end-all, be-all, when that's only in my frame of reference? Um, I would like to challenge us to actually be more than what, like, we create the culture. The culture does not create or dictate or define us. Like, you can build back black communities by building black families, but the family starts with you. There's a family of one first, and most of us are not able to, we, most of us don't know ourselves well enough to even really be building families. But the fact that we have this idea that our goal is to, like, live well and multiply and, and have babies that we can't raise, like, or, or, or even to just be a provider and be there, but can't actually guide and direct a actual soul into this world like children and them but canvases like literally their lives are a byproduct of what you put on them or put in them their 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 heart their 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 software <laughs> i'm saying their hard drives like what you gonna put on them what you gonna put in them for them to go out here and live in this world but if you don't know who you are and haven't even taken the time or don't really dive into that or or delve into who you are but go but you basically just perpetuating this narrative that you've been sold that you've been told like where are we actually headed, right? 
And and this is more of the conversation that I feel like we have to have. Like one of the reasons why I think why I grew up the way I did and I had the friends I had is because being who I am, I was always able to hold people accountable from a place of love. I might say you fucked up, bro, but I'm not going to say that to you in a way to demean you and just say you made a mistake. That mistake is not who you are, but that mistake can become who you are if you don't acknowledge it and then look at ways in which you can improve and correct it. What we've done as men now, we've just justified the fact that like our dicks actually are the things that run us like straight up. This idea that we can make all the money in the world, we can do all the shit in the world, but at the end of the day, we can blow it all because of our dick. That's just all that. Honestly, that's always been like my my biggest thing. Like I've always like I've studied sex for a long time. Like I've read about sex for a long time. And this idea of, of discipline or self-control, not because I don't want to have sex, but because I don't want to have it in a way that's so reckless to where it fucks up my life. And that shit that I've done. In moments where I've 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 spiraled out of control, I turned to sex, and I did it in a very reckless way, harm self harming way, and that's what most of us do. And I ain't even had a check, right? So the reality that you got millions of dollars, and you out here really feeling like you the man, like you God, you had this God complex that you can do whatever you want. Don't you think the the fall would be even harder if a motherfucker doesn't want to take everything from you or to, or to really put you on that, really like stain you out here? So this idea that we look to to lead i think i think <laughs> and i've said it like sometimes the best leadership is 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 learning and knowing how to follow like for me even being quiet sitting in the background it's like pass the mic my nigga you know what i'm saying sometimes like it's not best for you to speak on the subject especially in certain spaces like pass the mic i mean like i've, I've listened and i followed and i've watched like certain women like lead certain women do certain things and it's because, like, also in my own life, like, I watched my own mother leave. Like, my father wasn't the one that took care of that took care of us. My father wasn't the one isn't wasn't the one that made sure I was where I needed to be in this life. My mother was, and still is, and is still doing it. Right. So we have these very tangible, practical models of what leadership looks like, but yet we still ascribe to this fucked up as old, outdated as narrative that men are everything. No, the divine masculine is. Yeah? But we have to actually tap into what the divine is, what that divine masculine looks like. And it doesn't look like a lot of the shit we seeing now. All this shit sound good, but how good is it actually? Right? So again, my challenge to us is like or my question is like how straight and narrow should you actually be? Or how straight and narrow are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, that motherfucker may need to curve a little bit, bro. You know what I mean? Like, and when I say straight and narrow, like, that's exactly what we are. That's what we've shown, that we're straight and literally narrow. We're not wide. We don't have depth. We don't have height width. Like, we just narrow as fuck. And I don't know about y'all, but, like, the women in my life, like, I done had to really sit still to level up because motherfuckers is everything but that. And I can acknowledge that. And I can honor that and I can say I can love you, but I got to love you from a distance because I can't love you in real time if I'm not loving myself the same way and not let that be an excuse, but let that be um, motivation for me to, to do and be who I need to be for myself while also being a mirror and hopefully you doing the same thing. Right. 
So this this idea of of partnership, this idea of accountability with love, right? Like we really are going to dismantle toxic masculinity this year, and I really believe that, and I'm I'm hoping that. You know, I can continue to discuss these things and talk about them because in real life, like, fuck all the, the, the school book terminology and shit. Like, niggas got to get it at the base level. If it was your mama or your sister, you'll put one in a nigga. So why the fuck you think it's okay for you to do it? It's not, bro. It's not. It's just not. <laughs> okay? Just say you fucked up. Say you wrong. And also, don't just say you wrong, but accept the consequences that come with your actions. You know, if you get caught with a brick, nigga, you're going to jail. So why in the fuck you think that if you get caught with a bitch, it's going to be any other thing other than actual consequences? Be thankful if she lets you back. Be thankful if she don't leave, my nigga. But don't expect it, bro. Especially if that's not what you were agreed upon. We're going to talk more about this shit. You know what I mean? What polyamory actually is. To all you faux polyamorous motherfuckers out here who just want... The fuck off and do what you want to do and don't think she gonna have other lovers it's not real <laughs> okay <laughs> unless you're doing what you're supposed to do and that's not just what she want to do but in reality that's not real so again how straight and narrow are you bro how are we looking at that shit you know what i'm saying like we gotta do better like that just period you know what i'm saying we gonna dismantle this shit one goddamn podcast at a time Again, it's your boy Winewood, man. Chat therapist. Love y'all. Have an amazing week. Um, I forgot to say this. Follow us on Instagram at the Trap Therapist Podcast. Share with your friends. Leave some feedback, man. I would love to have some, you know, some some um some reviews on on iTunes, on Anchor. Like, let me know how you how your week been. Let me know what you think about this podcast. Also, like, just let me know what you think about what I said. Like, are straight black men becoming a thing of the past? Because I'm starting to feel like, motherfucker, we, we just getting, like, shit becoming outdated. Like, motherfuckers ain't trying to fuck with us because we really ain't bringing shit to the table. Before, it was good dick. But, like, now it's just like, shit, I can get a vibrator for that. So, like, <laughs> and that's real shit because we don't know how to fuck, which is another episode. Um, but, yeah, man, connect with me. Talk back to me. Um, y'all make my, my week. Y'all make my day, man. Um, so, again, Wine Wool, W-A-I-N-W-U-L. Follow me on Instagram. Share with your family and friends, man. I'm really excited about where this thing is going to take us into 2019 and beyond. Um, again, we're we here to heal. Um, I'm not really here to be a friend. I'm just here to help you grow and really see yourself who you actually are in order for us to see ourselves and love ourselves for who we actually are, man. All right. Love yourself. Love you. Be great. Signing out. Peace.